Welcome to Blooming Out on Community Radio, WFHB. Blooming Out is a forum by and for the LGBTQ plus community. Each week we explore the issues, events pertaining to the LGBT community in Indiana, the U.S., and internationally. We speak with guests about human rights, coming out, the legality of being gay, and much more. Blooming Out is a multiple award-winning program here on Community Radio, WFHB. Thanks for listening to Blooming Out. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Blooming Out. I'm Melanie Davis. And I'm Ireland Meacham. And And you're missing a couple of voices here, I think. Yeah, we have a couple people missing. Justin and Frankie are out today, but... Playing hooky. Yeah, (laughs) but we're going to have a great show anyway. We've got two really fun guests. Um, They are two IU students who also happen to be my roommates, um, Sophia Gabardella and Allison Trable. We're really excited to talk to them today because we're going to talk about being bisexual, since they both identify as bisexual. Um, We're going to talk about biphobia, bi erasure, some other issues with bisexual people in the LGBTQ community. So that'll be really interesting. I'm excited for that. Yeah, me too. So how how was your week? Pretty good. Um, just getting getting all my finals done, mostly. But yeah. I'm stressed. But <laughs> that takes up like everything in life. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any anything new with you? I don't even remember. <laughs> it's been two weeks. I missed a week. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm kind of out of it. Uh, I'm, I'm actually, of course, I'm just running all over the place. I've got mm-hmm. twenty things, twenty irons in the fire, and yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's been eventful and fun, and the warmer weather's great, but the mm-hmm. rain is kind of... Uh, the rain is so hard. Oh, my gosh. I just want it to be sunny. Yeah. But... It's very sloshy. So mm-hmm. not into that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I uh, I can't complain. I'm having a good time. So what's going on in LGBTQ news? Well, um, I have a story that I really wanted to talk about today because um, I heard about this uh, this morning and uh, look, tried to look up articles about this issue, and I could only find one on the internet, which mm. was kind of crazy since it seems to be like a, a big issue that we should be talking about here in Indiana. Um, so this is from the Northwest Indiana Times. Governor Eric Holcomb has signed into, into law um, two measures approved by the Republican-controlled General Assembi- Assembly that further restrict the availability of abortion in Indiana. The Republican chief executive did not issue a statement in connection with his enactment of House Enrolled Act 1211 and Senate Enrolled Act 201. The governor's office announced Wednesday evening that Holcomb had signed the legislation along with more than two dozen other proposals recently advanced to his desk by the Indiana House and Senate. House Enrolled Act 1211, which takes effect July 1st, prohibits dilation and evacuation abortions, which the law calls, quote, dismemberment abortion, except when a woman otherwise would suffer substantial and irreversible irreversible physical impairment of a major bodily function. The procedure is considered by the American College of Obstetricians and Gynecologists to be the safest method for completing an abortion after 13 weeks of pregnancy. But anti-abortion lawmakers claim the procedure is, quote, barbaric because it requires a doctor to use forceps, tongs, scissors, or, or similar instruments to remove a fetus from a woman's uterus. State records show just 27 women attaining, obtaining an abortion in Indiana using this procedure in 2017 out of 7,778 total abortions. 
It most commonly is used between 13 and 20 weeks of pregnancy when prenatal testing indicates serious health risks for either the fetus or the pregnant woman if the pregnancy is carried to term. Similar laws restricting the procedure enacted by other states have been found by, fe by federal courts to be an unconstitutional burden on the right to abortion and struck down. The Indiana ACLU already has indicated that it will challenge the measure in court, a fight that the state attorney's general, uh, gen state attorney general's office has signaled it's eager to it's eager to wage, despite repeatedly losing over the past de decade in its attempts to defend Indiana laws restricting abortion. The second new law, which also takes effect July 1st, expands the state's conscious protection statute for medical professionals who do not want to perform an abortion or participate in any procedure that results in an abortion, including prescribing, administering, or dispensing an abortion-inducing drug. The Indiana Code already authorizes physicians, hospital employees, and health clinic staffers to opt out of providing abortion care. The new statute gives the same right to nurses, pharmacists, and physician assistants who are not directly employed by a hospital or health clinic. And this happened last night and kind of was slid under the table, mm -hmm. kind of um, secretly done, um, signed into law by the governor. And I found out this morning because I saw an Instagram post by the ACLU that was breaking news that this had happened and that they're filing a suit um, against it. And I was just kind of shocked that it's not being talked about anywhere on the internet like no one knows about this or maybe they gave up on indiana finally and right. they're just like eh, they're lost you know <laughs> push them out to sea yeah um i was just kind of appalled that you know this that usually when when there's you know with the whole um pence anti-abortion mm -hmm. stuff you heard about it in the news we talked about it there were protests i went to a protest you know against it before it happened before it was going to be sent into law and this was just totally kept hidden and secret and yeah so that's how they pass all the best stuff right <laughs> um unfortunately you know joking aside this is uh asinine i think i can use that term and um and i'll use evil too uh to describe it it it's not something that is necessary mm -hmm. it's not something that um they're protecting any fetal tissue um, abortions that are performed at later stages are medically necessary. Exactly. That's the whole point. Um, usually people have already gotten into the idea of having a baby and getting ready, and, and this right. is just horrific. And um, it's, you know, it's like the article said, it's, you know, been proving that this is one of the safest ways to right. perform an abortion after 13 weeks. And if this is banned in Indiana, unsafe abortions will increase especially for medical reasons you know right it leaves it leaves women out of options um and um yeah for the second the second bill to clarify on that it, it means that if if a woman is prescribed abortion abortion inducing drugs and a pharmacist does not agree with abortion they are fully allowed to not prescribe or not fill that prescription right which seems to me would be you know any that's the job of a pharmacist to prescribe any, like it seems ridiculous to me that right. that we would have laws that that um physicians can or that pharmacists can opt out of doing their job you know i don't know it just i, I got real fired up reading this article and and that was the only article i found on this issue um when Which i was searching yeah so it needs to be pushed out there mm -hmm. and and maybe the other thing is we we kind of expect it to be dropped, you know, that, mm -hmm. that it's going to go through the courts and the courts are going to say, this is just unconstitutional, you can't do it. Right. Uh, and get rid of it. What was it, Kansas? No, it was Alabama. And mm 
um, was it Texas? I'm not sure. Uh, that recently banned like really um, prohibitive anti-abortion measures, and mm. and Florida just passed one. There, it, there's this grand push right now, uh, which is part of a, a greater push to get uh, um, ultra-conservative kind of uh, measures across the board, anti-women, anti-LGBT, um, and it's it's kind of disgusting. So, yeah. uh, well, we'll see where that goes. Mm, I'm yeah, hopefully uh, the, the ACLU trench. suit will do some good there. So I like them. Um, They're good people. <laughs> they are. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a part of one of their organizations. <laughs> um, so what else do we have in terms of news, Melanie? Well, from LGBTQ Nation, Nigel Shelby was a 15-year-old high school student in Huntsville, Alabama. A freshman at Huntsville High School, Shelby had faced homophobic bullying from his classmates, bullying that led uh, Shelby to taking his own life. The school had provided teachers with grief counselors for students and has asked parents to assist their children to deal with the loss. Shelby was not alone. According to the Center for Social Equality, 74% of LGBTQ youth report not feeling safe in their schools. Nadia M. Richardson of No More Martyrs posted on her Facebook page, Suicide in black youth is on the rise and has reportedly reached twice that of white youth. Unfortunately, for evidence of this, you need to look much further than the state of Alabama. I graduated from Huntsville High, and I'm still processing this loss. Richardson added, We have so much more, uh, to, more to understand and so much work to do. Uh, racism, sexism, homophobia, classism, all of this plays a part. Bullying is a byproduct of a world ill-equipped to include that, uh, that which has seemed different. Uh, deemed different. As a result, psychologically damaging others occurs and, and leaves many isolated, self-loathing, and depressed. Don't shy away from the ne necessary conversations about this. The cost is too high. The local community has come together to support Shelby's family. A GoFundMe is set up to his memory is pulled in over $15,000. The Rocket City Pride Drag Brunch, a regular event held by Rocket City Pride, raised an additional 800 for Shelby's family. If you or someone you know is struggling with feelings of suicide, please consider reaching out to the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255, the Trevor Project at 1-866-488-7386. You can also text the word TREVOR, T-R-E-V-O-R, to 1-202-304-1200 or to Trans Lifeline at one 877 330-6366. So I feel like um, there have been several of these incidences yeah. lately. Just in um, the past couple months. Just in the past couple of months. And, uh, you know, um, it's heartbreaking. It really is. And I, I, I think it, it, it part of it is, a, well, it is a product of, of the time we're living in and the, the, um, the government we are... <laughs> currently dealing with but that's that's on the surface yeah. i mean and if you go by the numbers it's really actually kind of always been there yeah that's true um and and, and we're just more aware of it now we mm -hmm. understand a little bit better the dynamics mm -hmm. and it's not being covered up as much exactly mm -hmm. um you know it, it's i i don't find it sad i find it appalling i find it uh infuriating i mm -hmm. i can't get sad about this because um because kids are dying, you know, yeah. and that demands action. Um, and we, we just aren't taking it. We're going backwards in a lot of 
jurisdictions are changing their school policies to, um, or, you know, states allowing uh, free speech to include hate speech and uh, and bullying in schools. Tennessee's mm-hmm. famous for that one. Um, and 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 to what end, right? I mm-hmm. mean, what does this preserve? It pre- preserves the the right to f- bully people into suicide. Mm-hmm. And um, and to me, that's what just half a step away from murder. Mm-hmm. So and. And, um, you know, I think it, it, it's important to educate educate ch- kids or, about this. You know, this yeah. is this is an issue that's clearly, you know, being perpetrated by kids, affecting kids. And I think the best way to decrease violence against minorities and decrease hate and um, bigotry is to teach kids at a young age that to love everyone no matter what and to be compassionate and to listen and to, um, you know, accept people who are different than you, you know? Right. I think that's the most important thing to take out of all of this um, is that, you know, it's a, it's a product of of, of um, kids being taught that this is okay. Yeah. Which is ironically what we're told, uh, you know, oh, well, you can't teach our children right. that it's okay. Stop trying to tell our children it's okay. I mean, we saw that play out in Ellettsville and mm-hmm. uh, Owen County and... Um, recently with Western Skateland, mm-hmm. you're promoting things that are uh, not okay. You should leave this for the parents. And, well, I mean, if we leave it to the parents, this is what we see w- exactly that happens. So, yeah. <sighs> Okay, yeah. there's more, of new. <laughs> more news. There's yeah. a couple of sad news stories, but this one's um, uh, not sad but not happy. So uh, scary. From, scary, for sure. From NBC News, um, the Supreme Court agreed Monday to hear the right the rights cases of three LGBTQ workers. At stake is whether sex discrimination covered by Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act also prohibits discrimination on the basis of sexual orientation and gender identity. Sarah Warbelow, legal director for LGBTQ advocacy advocacy group Human Rights Campaign said, quote, the growing legal consensus is that our nation's civil rights laws do protect LGBTQ people against discrimination under sex non-discrimination laws. The Supreme Court has an opportunity to clarify this area of law to ensure protections for LGBTQ people in many important areas of life. Alliance Defending Freedom, the conservative legal group that filed a petition asking the high court to hear one of the three cases, said lower court rulings have overstepped their bounds and redefined the term sex in Title VII to conflict, to quote, conflict with the words well understood meaning since the law's enactment in 1964. In Zarda versus Altitude Express, the second U.S. court circuit Circuit Court of Appeals affirmed last February that the late Donald Zarda, a skydiving instructor, was unlawfully fired from Altitude Express for being gay. With a 10 to 3 decision, the Second Circuit joined the Seventh U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals, which in April ruled that Indiana educator Kimberly Hively had been fired due to her sexual orientation and was protected by Title VII. By contrast, in Bostock versus Clayton County, the 11th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals dismissed the case of Gerald Lynn. Bostock, who claimed he was fired from his job because of his sexual orientation. In May 2018, Bostock's attorneys filed a petition with the Supreme Court to request that it take up his case. The case of R.G. and G.R. Harris Funeral Homes Incorporated versus Equal Equal Employment Opportunity Commission raises the issue of Title VII's applicability to transgender employees. 
The case involves Amy Stevens, a transgender woman who was fired from a Detroit funeral home after she informed her employer that she was beginning her gender transition. In March 2018, the U.S. the 6th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals sided with Stevens and the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, uh, ruling that Title VII of the Civil Rights Act of 1964 protects transgender workers and that an employer's religious beliefs cannot be used to justify discrimination. The Trump administration has made its position clear on the scope of Title VII. Under the current administ- administration, the Department of Justice submitted an amicus brief in the Zarda case opposing the extension of Title VII discrimination protections on the basis of sexual orientation, and another in Stevens' case um, siding with the funeral home. In the latter case, the federal government is pitted against itself since the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission is a defendant in the case. The Supreme Court will hear the case's next term, which begins in October. Research shows that LGBTQ people are much more likely to experience discrimination at work than their heterosexual and cisgender peers. A 2017 Harvard study found more than one in five lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender Americans report experiencing employment-related discrimination. The 2015 U.S. Transgender Survey, which specifically focused on trans individuals, found one-third of transgender respondents reported being fired, denied a promotion, or experiencing some other form of mistreatment related to their gender identity or expression. Currently, 28 states have no protections for LGBTQ people in employment, housing, or public accommodations, according to the Williams Institute at the University of California, Los Angeles. To address the legal patchwork patchwork left by state law and court rulings, Democrats in Congress have reintroduced the Equality Act this legislative session. The act would modify existing civil rights legislation to ban discrimination against LGBTQ people in employment, housing, public accommodations, jury service, education, federal programs, and credit. According to James Eskes, Essex, uh, director of the LGBT and HIV project at the ACLU, which is counsel for the Zarda estate and Stevens, a Supreme Court ruling against the LGBT workers, LGBTQ workers involved in the cases would be, quote, disastrous and would relegate, quote, LGBTQ people around the country to a second class citizen status. Regardless of the outcome, War Below of Human Rights Campaign argued, Quote, it's critical that Congress pass the Equality Act to, dr- to address the significant gaps in federal civil rights laws and r- improve protections for everyone. So that is something that's really, really scary that's happening right now. Won't be decided until October, but... Right. Um, but these are, these are cases that have... Uh, the, the Title VII cases are things that have been happening for years now. Mm-hmm. And it's because they haven't been updating uh, equal rights uh, right. legislation to include LGBT people mm-hmm. who are, you know, there's enough evidence out there of, of discrimination yeah. that as a class or as classes, they can be uh, regarded as having mm-hmm. uh, a need for their for, for protection. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't say door words. Um, what, you know, what... Again, what is the point of um, opposing this, right? right. Where, what is to be gained from it? What is the end game? What, what is the uh, argument against protecting people right. from discrimination? Yeah, and, you know, this, if this is, you know, if the Supreme Court decides that um, um, against the uh, um, LGBTQ people, um, it would affect more than just... LGBTQ workers. It right. would affect, 
you know, being discriminated um, as a patient at a hospital, as a student, mm-hmm. as um, you know, a, a, as a general member of society, right? Like the like um, the one quote said, um, it would relegate or it would yeah relegate LGBTQ people to be second class citizens. Much like I mean, it it strips us of our human rights. Right. So right, and back in the '90s when they started ruling uh, on on this in our favor. Uh, it was, <laughs> we were still second-class citizens. Right. I remember at the time, you know, and and we got by and, you know, that was, it was rough. Mm-hmm. And it's been a little bit nicer. And with federal guide, guidance in this area, mm-hmm. federal uh, precedent set, that also informs the states yeah. and other mu- municipalities to pass their own laws that protect people because ultimately this might not protect uh, everyone anyway, mm-hmm. depending on on uh, employment law. Right. So yeah, I think it really needs to be taken out of the state by state mm-hmm. uh, thing and put into a, a more holistic uh, uh, you know, federal protection. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Oh <sighs> yeah, it's a lot to talk about. It's stressful, but um, how about we go to a music break yeah. and we'll we'll meet you on the other side. Just picture 
Welcome back to Blooming Out. You were listening to Lufer Yanya. That was um, their album, Miss Universe, and the song was In Your Head. That song's really fun. Yeah, I liked it. It was it was good. I like Lucas. Good music you, choice. Yeah, you're doing really good with that. <laughs> <laughs> so, Melanie, you have an update for us, don't you? I do have an update. So, I am part of the uh, Bloomington, or B-Town P-Flag, as you can find it on uh social media and what does that stand for a p flag yes because b town stands for bloomington (laughs) p flag stands for parents and families family or friends of lesbians and gays um uh, it's it's kind of been changed to p flag just to include everyone Mm -hmm. because uh you know p flag but you know so (laughs) p flag plus um so we're we're uh just p flag now and we just got our charter started back in March, uh, final approval and all that. Yay! And we've been planning, and what with students, you know, going uh, away and uh, the end of the school year, and we we're trying to figure out a good time. And there's so much happening, mm-hmm. so it looks like we are going. We're planning for May 18th as as a date to hold our first meeting. Exciting! And I'm not supposed to say that it's probably going to be a picnic. And we'll have a rain date of May 19th. Awesome. Um, details to follow. But if you are interested, please uh, go onto the Facebooks and <laughs> uh, look for B-Town P-Flag, P-F-L-A-G. And uh, it'll pop up, uh, ask to join. There's also, a, a, you know, a private group mm-hmm. um, that, you know, we can talk more in depth and stuff. But really, this is for families and parents uh, who are looking for support and they're looking for resources mm-hmm. and they're looking to you know figure out and navigate how to to be great parents and advocates for their children yeah. uh, so That's it's awesome. exciting and it's fun and um, they're fun people and the conversations are, are starting to get going I think uh, having a face-to-face is going to be really great, too. Yay. So I'm really looking forward to May. Yeah, um, that'll be exciting. And we'll put the information for that um, on the uh, yes. on the uh, post of this episode. Yeah, on, and on WFHB.org. The um, uh, email is pflag, or btown, B-T-O-W-N-P-F-L-A-G, at gmail.com. So if you want to contact us uh, through the emails... Uh, we are going to have an Instagram and all of that Ooh. other fun stuff, probably Twitter. Um, that's coming later. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but we already have, you know, about 110 people to join. And we're drawing from all over um, South Central Indiana, too. So it's not just Bloomington, uh, even though we named it that way out of, you know, kind mm-hmm. of a conceit. <laughs> um, but uh, Spencer has their own. 
And so Monroe County, uh, or from anywhere that can make it here, or anybody in South Central Indiana that wants to join, um, who doesn't isn't already served by a local P flag, um, join on up. Or if you are a part of another local P flag, join up. Give us some pointers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're kind of like tripping into this uh, uh, with a bit of guidance from uh, Spencer, but uh, also quite quite new to this whole thing. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, give it us a try and, yeah. and uh, come. It's not really hierarchical. Mm-hmm. I know some people were like, okay, what are we doing? And I'm like, well, what do you want to do? What are, you, what are your ideas? And they're like, uh, I didn't know. And <laughs> it's, it's really about, you know, we're all parents. And so we're all equals in this. Um, so come on in and bring your ideas. Yeah. Uh, we love to hear it. We love uh, multiple uh, avenues of input. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's kind of what... Uh, the whole thing is about everybody supporting each other. So, I'm really excited about this organization getting started here. Um, I think it'll be really, really good. And um, is your mom going to join? Yeah, I think so. Awesome. I told her about it. So, yeah, I'll I give you a brochure. I brought yeah. some with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Because you know, in case anybody on the radio needs it, um, uh. I'll <laughs> wave the brochure <laughs> at the microphone. And um. uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, May 18th, tentatively possibly may 19th right okay depending on rain right so you know if, if everybody's floating away uh, <laughs> that that probably isn't a good thing awesome. um don't want to lose any parents no definitely so. not <laughs> all right high floods um yeah that's that's an exciting thing we also have uh oh <laughs> that's great um so yeah our guests are about to come in so we Yay! will take a short music break and we'll be right back fantastic Holding back to show me that you're strong Looking back I see where I've been wrong And it's time for a community update here in Bloomington. Looks like this April 28th, that is um, Sunday, from 3 to 4.30 p.m., the last Sunday Poetry Palooza presented by the Writers Guild at Bloomington. This is at the Monroe County Convention Center in the Rogers Room, 3 until 4.30. Um, and that's an open mic. And then on the 28th, same day, we have the LGBT Aging and Caring Network Pitch-In at Moose Lodge, 840 South Quarry Lane in Bloomington. That's from 5 to 7 p.m. Um, outside, at the loose, uh, <laughs> outside at the Moose Lodge, 840 S Quarry Lane. And then we have on May 1st, that is next Wednesday from 11 p.m. until 1 a.m. Bloomington's only gender-based performance open mic at the back door. That is Envy's open stage. Every Wednesday, sign up at 10. It shows at 11. Sign up by contacting Envy Debute via private message or email at openstagebookings at gmail.com. We are currently listening to the song... Tears from Nilufer Yanya. Um, the name of this album is Miss Universe, and it just came out two days ago.
Welcome back to Blooming Out. We would like to welcome our guest for today, Sophia Gambarella. Gambardella. Gambardella. <laughs> oh, I am taking over Frankie's position oh today because no. <laughs> I'm going to mispronounce everybody's name. <laughs> and Allison Trebell. Trebell. <laughs> it's fine. I should have just said that myself. You should have. <laughs> yeah, that would have been easier. Sorry. Um, but yeah, these are my best friends and roommates. Uh, Yay. <laughs> and we're here to talk about being bisexual, mm-hmm. um, which is fun. <laughs> <laughs> it was a very fun topic. A fun topic. Being bisexual. Yeah. Um, guess we'll just jump right into it. Yeah. Um, I feel like bisexuality is like a marginalized identity within the LGBTQ community. So I feel like it doesn't get talked about as much. I feel like people kind of, um, you know, aren't. There's a lot of stigma and stereotypes mm-hmm. surrounding bisexuality yeah. that are really. Um, uh, uncomfortable and not true mm-hmm. and uh, unfortunate. unfortunate. Um, so when you when you tell people you're bisexual, um, Sophia, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> what's yes. the general reaction? Um, I know there have definitely and most people are fine with it. You know, I mean, I think it's definitely something that a lot of people have come to, you know, identify as recently. Mm-hmm. But there are definitely people that I've, you know, talked to on dating apps or like in person even who like when they find out I'm bisexual immediately shut me down they're like oh never mind we're unmatching or that's not a real thing you're right. using me you're just going right. through a phase and that's not fair that's exhausting to yeah. have to deal with yeah. you know and that comes from the stereotypes you oh know, you yeah bisexual people are you yeah. know more likely to cheat or you know oh, yeah. all these yeah. ridiculous things but it's mm-hmm. not true um Ali so you identify as bisexual and you're in a relationship with a cis man Right? Yes. Um, so <laughs> when you tell people you're bisexual, um, how do they react to knowing that you're in a straight relationship? I mean, a lot of people don't even believe me. Yeah. They're just like, oh, but you've been dating this guy for a year and a half. How can you possibly be attracted to women ever? Mm-hmm. Or on the other side, it's just a, then why are you dating a guy? Right. Right. So right. Like you straight have to now. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like you have to prove your sexuality or something mm-hmm. by dating a yeah um, yeah the other thing is i've gotten the jokes of oh your boyfriend must love that Um, and i'm like hmm (laughs) yeah it's it's unfair yeah um (laughs) she's making a very (laughs) 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 discontented look (laughs) um yeah so yeah we i feel like bisexual people deal with a lot of biphobia in general Um, from both sides from both Mm -hmm. sides from both the straight community and the lgbtq community the most fun thing about it you come out as bisexual and all your straight friends think you're gay and all your gay friends think you're straight yeah yeah right it's like you feel you feel like you can't you don't fit in in either place you can't win yeah Mm -hmm. yeah um and that that leads to a lot of stuff has been in the news because of recent uh, research showing that uh of the the sexual identities mm-hmm. um bisexuality people who who are bisexual uh experience more depression yeah and mm-hmm. suicidality mm-hmm. and all the bad things we don't like to talk about right. um because of that mm-hmm. you know because of that lack of community right and i think yeah. part of it too is that you know for a long time up until probably a year ago i like told people yes I am bisexual and like before that I didn't even think I was queer because I thought oh I'm attracted to men right so that means that I don't I don't like women that Mm -hmm. can't be a thing Mm -hmm. it wasn't until I got to college and people told me that they were bisexual and I realized that was an option Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah and I feel like um well yeah I originally came out as bisexual Mm -hmm. and I feel like 
um, there's, you know, a lot of stigma that people think that, oh, you come out as bisexual and, oh, well, that's just a stepping stone. You're going to you're going to mm-hmm. be gay one of these days. You know, you'll come mm-hmm. out as gay later on. Um, and it, it that was something I was I was worried about. I, I have I've recently kind of changed my labels. I, I prefer I more prefer more like umbrella terms like queer and mm-hmm. gay in general and, and stuff like that. Um, but I'm not you know, I'm not. Uh, I just yeah, labels in general are hard. Mm-hmm. But um, I feel like that was what I was worried about too, that contributing to that, that stereotype that bisexuality isn't real. It's Mm -hmm. just like a, like a, like a stepping stone to coming out as gay. Mm -hmm. Um, but are you guys comfortable with using um, umbrella ter- umbrella terms like queer and gay I and stuff like that? I love the word queer. I know there's a lot of people that don't like it, and I think their reasons are totally valid. Um, but I end up, I think, a lot of times in queer spaces calling myself queer rather than bisexual because of the stigma against mm-hmm. bisexuality. Yeah. It's easier to say, oh, I'm queer or, oh, I'm gay, because, you know, there isn't that fear of, oh, you're just going through a phase. Right, or, right you're a bad person because you're going to use me kind of thing. I oh. hate that. It's mm-hmm. so annoying. So it's just easier to say I'm queer. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what's yeah. that? The gold star lesbian? Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. so much oh pressure God. about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, you know, sexuality is fluid. Mm-hmm. There shouldn't be any pressure to stick to one label um, or, you know, come out as something and just st- be that for yeah. your, the rest of your life. Because that's definitely not my experience. No. You know? There are definitely days I wake up and I'm like, oh, I, I like guys more or I like girls more. It's always changing. Mm-hmm. It's Sometimes it changes by the minute. Yeah, you know? no, definitely. <laughs> I, in an hour from now, I could be like, I'm a six on the Kinsey scale and that's it. <laughs> but like, you know. Oh, the Kinsey scale. Oh, the Kinsey scale. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> For those who don't know, that's um, a scale from one to six that you're that you you self-identify as a number that correlates to how gay you are. Basically, um, zero is totally straight, and six <laughs> is um, gay as the day is long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, but I feel like um, just it encourages labels, mm-hmm. even mm-hmm. Kinsey scale stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I know that um, making it quantifiable. And yeah. when was the yeah. scale? When was that scale produced? I mean, when the 1950s. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how does a bit outdated? That really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 I feel like I always, whenever somebody talks about the Kinsey scale, especially when you say you're bisexual, they ask if you like lean more towards girls or guys, and I always feel like I just I roam around the entire middle of the Kinsey scale. I mean, I I just I don't like the entire idea of being like I'm taking a test and this is my number and that is my number. For for the right, rest of my right, life. Exactly. It's really yeah. limiting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's so limiting. What's the point of having all that space in between? Yeah. yeah. Right, right. Yeah. Like, exactly. Explore it. Mm-hmm. Right, exactly. It's, it's, everything's fluid. Yeah. You know, you don't have to be one thing. Um, well, and then there's there's um, bisexuality. And then there's, are you biromantic? Or are mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. heteroromantic or homoromantic? Right. Or, you know, non-romantic at all, which is mm-hmm. t- sad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I do. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, no, I don't. It's not sad. It's sad for it's sad for me. I, romance is is wonderful. <laughs> um, so I f- I feel like a lot of Melanie, you can speak to this. I feel like a lot of kids more often are coming out as bisexual. Right. Feel more comfortable as coming out as because um, um, I'm a kid, folks. Huh? <laughs> because I'm a kid. <laughs> no, because well, yeah. No, um, but uh, <laughs> no, I just uh, you know, there. I'm I'm where I work with kids a lot, yeah. and uh, and having a daughter, um, who <laughs> she grew up with me, so <laughs> there's there's a lot of uh, she's very comfortable in in the community, and yeah. uh, a lot of kids are very comfortable 
uh, coming out nowadays. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, that's, it's something that didn't used to be. I mean, that wasn't a thing when I was in high school, obviously, 200 million years ago. Um, (laughs) uh, But since, uh, you know, humans came out of the trees, uh, it's been... (laughs) (laughs) It's been a lot more acceptable, yeah. uh, and and especially right now. And the P flag that we were talking about mm-hmm. has changed more from parents of adult uh, LGBT kids to parents of young ones yeah. and like really young ones. Mm-hmm. Is you know uh, for the sexualities, usually it's around seven or eight that they really start to kind of yeah. s- figure out kind of where they're going. And but that doesn't stop, right? Like mm-hmm. you were saying, it's fluid. Mm-hmm. So. Well, and I, I mean, that makes me happy because I feel like kids are feeling more of a freedom to be able mm-hmm. to um, experiment and express their sexuality however they feel at a younger age when, you know, when I didn't realize that there was any possibility of me being queer until I was in college right. because I was, you know, I was just so um, sheltered and felt that there that wasn't even an option for me and we didn't have recruiters in your area (laughs) 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 Um, but yeah but I feel like a lot of kids are coming out these days which is awesome I have a 12 year old cousin who came out to her parents as pansexual yeah which is um and they were like what what even is that term and everything (laughs) and I had my aunt was asking oh like does that mean she's sexually active no that's not what that means you know it's it's she knows um she feels she feels um love for uh people of of all genders and that's great to know Mm -hmm. at 12 years old and to be comfortable in that fact enough to tell your parents at 12 years old i think that's amazing you know and it's amazing for the parents too who create an environment where that can be i don't know what it was like for you coming out stories oh yeah I i came out to my i came out to my mom last summer not even a year ago and she was totally fine with it. I mean, both my parents were totally fine with it. Um, but she, I think, has definitely had more of a learning curve just in, like, the idea of saying, like, oh, one day when you marry a man or or a woman or a person <laughs> or whoever, whoever you marry. Um, but I know, uh, you know, my parents have always been allies. When I c- said I was just an ally and not, like, part of the community myself, um, I they were always supportive of it. They, I mean... My, I have family that was gay, that was queer. Um, I just learned that my uncle was bisexual, um, who passed away from AIDS a long oh. time ago. Um, but, you know, it's always been something that's prevalent in my family, which mm-hmm. is nice. My family has always been exposed to the idea. Um, and I'm also from New Jersey. So, you know, I'm from a much more liberal area than yeah. Indiana. Mm-hmm. Um, and that makes it a lot easier but um and i that's definitely a big privilege i can't imagine what it's like coming out in rural indiana that's a whole thing that mm-hmm. i don't have to deal with well bloomington's nice I yeah mean, I, bloomington's I, great and i got lucky and my parents were totally yeah. fine with it too and um kind of expected it almost but mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but when yeah is she gonna make the announcement <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Ali, you're from Sunman, which is a really small town. What? And yeah. my parents are completely unaware. Yeah, so. <laughs> oh. Because uh, they are quite, they are understanding of being gay or a lesbian. Mm-hmm. Because we have family members who are either gay or lesbians. But they are very biphobic. And I've heard the way they've spoken about bisexual people and how mm-hmm. it's just confusion or mm. yeah. curiosity or a stepping stone to right. being gay mm-hmm. and as I am in a relationship with a cis man 
I just don't feel the need to subject myself to their criticism mm, unnecessarily right. because they would just say, well, you're dating a boy, so there's no possible way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I just figure it's best to save that conversation for if I do actually get the chance to introduce them to a woman I'm dating right. or just you know, eventually if I'm not dating a man because right. as of right now, I definitely know they would not understand it. And I do know my uncle Andrew, who is gay, he knows, but my parents do not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, yeah, I feel like um, I, for me, bisexual was a really good term when I came, when I first came out because it was, it was validating to me that I could be attracted to both men and women, you know, and to all genders. But um yeah, and I and I moved away from that term, but I feel like there there is still that stigma and that right, like I said, like I I was afraid of perpetuating that mm-hmm. that s- stereotype, you know, that it's not a real thing. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, when uh, so I I came out as uh, well, I told my parents I was transitioning, and uh, later I, I came out as bi to uh, I think it was my mom first in the family for the family that was left. And, and she was like, uh, but, uh, and I'm like, okay, you, it was okay for me to be trans. You got that far, but now you're like, you know, like wavering again. Um, but, but she came around and, mm-hmm. and everybody else does. And right now I, I, I'm, uh, I don't have time for anybody else in my life, but, <laughs> um, uh, I'll, you know, put my energy into parenting, but like at some point when I come out, my family's gonna have to to deal with that if I get back into mm-hmm. uh, dating. Um, yeah. I, I think I'll come back into dating. I'm more asexual now, um, but like, you know, since I was little and uh, I kept talking of Tony Malavolta. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I hope you don't hear this, Tony. But, uh, <laughs> but ooh. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, so yeah, I, I think that that's that. It's strange how parents react mm-hmm. and to these things differently, right? Yeah. So it it might be okay, or it might just be like this complete. Oh God, really? Mm-hmm. You you're gonna take this tack? Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I just explained what pansexual to my mom was. Um, I guess one of my brother's friends came out as pansexual, and she she calls me on the phone, and she's like. I don't even know what that is. Is that a new thing? Is that a new thing, pansexual? <laughs> is that different from bisexual? And I had to explain to her, like, ah, I don't know, sometimes. Right, yeah, that's yeah. another interesting thing. Like, what, like, do, is, do you think there's a difference? Is there a difference? I mean, to me, uh, like, uh, and it's like I was saying before, I don't so much care about a label. Mm-hmm. And part of that maybe comes from, like, internalized biphobia or just, uh, like, some, I don't know some confusion or whatever in my life. But like, I am fine with being bisexual. I'm fine with being called pansexual. That's probably, I mean, by definition, I think bisexual is two or more genders. And so mm -hmm. there's a lot of like bleeding into each other, Mm -hmm. I think. Yeah, I think there's that, I think a lot of people think bisexual is only men and women. They say, oh, well, that's not inclusive to other genders. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I, I heard a really good definition from um, <laughs> someone on YouTube a long time ago that was, um, <laughs> I'm bisexual, and that means I like people who are like me, and I like people who are different than me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like, like bisexual, like yeah. yeah. So that's kind of how I always felt, um, you know. So mm-hmm. I, I, I kind of stuck to that label for a while. But, um, yeah. So. Yeah, because I was wondering exactly what 
bisexual would mean for me. I'm I'm mm-hmm. intersex too. Mm-hmm. So it's like, does that mean that I like only you know non-intersex people, or do mm-hmm. I like? <laughs> it doesn't have intersex. to. Yeah. Because you know when you base it off of sex, or if you base it off of gender, right? Um, how is that? And then there are so many um, variations on it, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, yeah, well, um, I think maybe we'll take a music break and then we'll be right back with more. Thank you for entering your details and welcome to Way Health, our 24-7 care program. We are here for you. We care for you. We worry about you so you don't have to. You have been granted temporary access of our preliminary care program. To continue, please choose from one of the following descriptions. I felt an abnormal discomfort from the light. I received some spots blindness from the light. There is a sense of being watched. There is a sense of being followed. I often feel alone and in deep paranoia. I often search for validation in others. Welcome back to Blooming Out. That was Sparkle from the album Miss Universe by Nilofer Yanya. <laughs> um, we're back with Allison Trable and Sophia Gamardella for the last little bit of the hour here. Thank you for pronouncing their names. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Sorry to put that on you earlier. Um, but I think we're going to talk about a little bit about dating. Um, and um, we can talk about dating apps, first of all, I guess. Yeah, uh, sure. Being bisexual oh on the dating <laughs> apps. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean... I, you know, I got them all. <laughs> I had them all. I deleted them recently because I was tired of them. And they're so depressing sometimes. Yeah. I can't do it. Um, but I had Tinder. I had her. I had Bumble. I've I've tried them all. And I've definitely found myself, you know, <laughs> turning off men or turning off girls or whatever. Like, you know, I, I mean, I definitely fluctuate back and forth. I think right now, because I have come out in the last year, I'm not really interested in dating men currently. I'm not turn I'm not putting that off in the future at all, but I think for me because my queer identity is such a big part of my life at this point, mm-hmm. um if I'm going to date, I'm going to date a girl. Um mm-hmm. and so I have found myself, you know, <laughs> toggling that that little option back and forth whether or not I mm-hmm. I want uh, everybody on my app or you know, if I just want to swipe on some girls. <laughs> right, because it's, you know, it's invalidating to yeah. hear either, oh, I don't date bisexual mm-hmm. people, or it's invalidating to, you know. Yeah, to, for pe- you if see you're that ma- a lot in bios. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't want, especially, and I don't see it a whole lot on Tinder. I have seen it on Tinder, but I see it a lot on her, which is, like, the the mm-hmm. queer dating app mm-hmm. for women. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, <laughs> I see that here. I see that back at home in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see that in New York City. I see that everywhere yeah. on that app. And, and then it's the part of the reason I deleted that one first because yeah. I was like, this is <laughs> weirdly biphobic and it makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. And it's in it's the worry, too, that if you were to start to, to date a mm-hmm. guy, like we were talking about with Allison, that um, it's it, it, you feel like you're not part of the queer community anymore, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. I just feel like often, even though, you know, I haven't been on a dating app in like two years now, um, when our friend group or we go, like, for example, when we go to the local uh, gay bar, right? Mm -hmm. um, when I bring my boyfriend with me, 
I feel like I don't belong there and right. like I shouldn't be there and mm-hmm. like I'm just a straight person mm-hmm. just because I feel like I don't belong there and I feel like other people would likely tell me I don't mm-hmm. especially considering our yeah. own friends when mm-hmm. they're like oh the LGBT members of our of our comedy group mm-hmm. and then they name everyone who is LGBT except for me right. mm-hmm. because I've had a boyfriend for two years and that's all they've known me to have. Mm-hmm. Right, right. So, um, I mean, yeah, and I feel like a lot of uh, bisexual people in straight relationships don't feel validated by their partner either and mm-hmm. because of their queer identity. Is that how you feel or do you feel like you're validated? I feel like it's something we don't even talk about. Mm-hmm. And at times I'm fine with it just because... I don't feel the need to bring it up, but other times when I do want to talk about it, I do feel that I can't with my straight partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's yeah, because he's not a part of the LGBT community mm-hmm. and doesn't um, and right doesn't have that experience. So, um, yeah, uh, anything to add to that, Melanie? <laughs> <laughs> Just as I've seen, like you know, there seems to be that that you have a a, a bi expiry, right? Yeah, if you don't <laughs> if you don't use it before the certain time, you've got to throw it out and get a new one. Right. Mm-hmm. And um and and that's really discouraging mm-hmm. uh, to see. And hopefully the community will the LGBTIQQAA community will come around. Um, but we really have to be conscious about doing that on purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because really that it's damaging to people. It's mm-hmm. um, and dating one person does not. Right. invalidate your entire exactly. sexuality. Exactly. I mean, your sexuality is your sexuality and just because you have one partner doesn't mean that you couldn't potentially be attracted to other people eventually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and you know, <laughs> it's just crazy to me that a lot of people don't see it as a as a valid sexuality. It's literally one of the letters in LGBTQ, mm-hmm. right. you know, yeah. it's always been around. People have always been bisexual. Um, but I feel like for women, especially, there's a lot of stigma about being bisexual. And oh, bisexuality for, sure. for men is is looked mm-hmm. is so looked down upon, mm-hmm. which is so yeah. sad. And it's the it's the homophobia, right? Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, it's yeah. it's. I think I I I've I've heard a lot of things about. I take a lot of gender studies classes, and it's it's like the um, the marked versus unmarked. So a straight white man is unmarked, mm-hmm. but a woman is marked. A, a gay person is marked, and um, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, it's it's the homophobia that that um, people that um, that bisexual men experience that bisexual women. It, it's like people think it's it's more OK because, um, you know, it's it's because also mm-hmm. lesbians are sexualized by straight white men. So exactly. Yeah. 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 And that's a <laughs> yeah. A sad note to think about. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're um getting down to our last couple minutes. It's, thanks you for being on the show, you guys. Thank, thank you. you. This yeah, is yeah, so thank you. Um yeah, is there anything else you wanna any any last minute <laughs> messages you wanna <laughs> add? Uh no. <laughs> it doesn't matter who you date. You can identify however you really feel you are. Yeah. And in the end, labels don't matter. Yeah. (laughs) And Sophia is still single. (laughs) (laughs) You will not find her on any of the dating apps, however. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we'll put her contact information. (laughs) (laughs) Put her phone number in her The photo, you know. Just like get a couple of shots. Yeah. Yeah, to take a photo shoot, please. I need it. <laughs> this is great, and I'm glad we didn't actually like dwell on the the 
the dark side of right. things because mm-hmm. I I've been studying that a lot uh, again because my daughter has uh, a lot of friends in school who are are going through problems like this. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, well, we're out of time, and I, I it's I thoroughly enjoyed you being here. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah, Thank thanks you, you guys. Thank you. Um, <laughs> thanks to everyone uh, on WFHB who makes this show possible, and all our volunteers and donors. Blooming Out is produced by Frankie Presloff. Our executive producer is WFHB News Director Wes Martin. Lucas Fisher is our engineer. Our assistant producer is me, Ireland Meacham. For Blooming Out and WFHB, I'm Ireland Meacham. I'm Melanie Davis. And remember, if everything was straight, roller coasters would be one long, boring ride. Good night from our Blooming Out family. You've been listening to Blooming Out on WFHB. Blooming Out is a product of WFHB's News and Public Affairs Department. Tune in every Thursday evening at 6 p.m. for Indiana's only LGBTQ plus news and public affairs program. You can hear this and other programs online at WFHB.org. Comments and suggestions for future topics or guests can be sent to bloomingout at WFHB.org. That is blooming O-U-T at WFHB.org. And thank you for listening. And I gotta be proud and I gotta remember this is what I'm about. Gotta stand up and I gotta be proud and I gotta remember this is what I'm about. And what about being a girl? Well, how could I mind it? And what about being queer? Mind it.